Welcome to Ethereal Underground, episode 11. I'm your host, TNT, and this evening it's just me. No special guests are scheduled this week. This is a fireside chat. Several topics unscripted, no real outline, but just some concerns or observations that I've had that I think are pertinent to what's going on right now. We've heard a lot in the news and chatter for many years about a reset, a global reset. Now, the majority of the cases, the reset is in reference to a global financial reset. Well, there's a lot of specialists in the field of finance or geopolitical strategies, world events. They're everywhere. Podcasts, videos, blogs, articles, journals, and etc. Part of the reason there's various theories, and maybe they're all correct, I don't know if there's exactly one magic bullet answer to the question of the reset and what it's going to look like. It's pretty well understood that, that a reset is coming, whether you and I or anyone wants it to or not. But the global financial system is broken, cannot be fixed, and it's large in scope. One of the theories that I have, I'm not an economist by any means, but over the years doing a lot of reading and listening and observation, as well as being involved as a CEO and a chief science officer, those that I talk to, that the concept of derivatives, when that started to develop in the late 80s and late 90s, you kind of had side bets. It was a phantom economy based on the actual economy. And it was kind of like the wild, wild west. There, there were some regulations, but not too many when derivatives first started. And that phantom economy that piggybacks off the real economy has just risen exponentially over the decades to where I don't, I've heard estimates and I think it's hard for anyone to really pinpoint exactly how large it is, but at least 2,000 trillion, 3,000 trillion dollars plus, so that two or three quadrillion dollars. And that's hard, the, the, the human construct for any of us, including me, to visualize just what is a trillion units of anything, a trillion seconds, a trillion grains of sand or a trillion pennies. In this case, a trillion dollars. What does that mean? The, the number is just astronomical. And then if you're dealing with 
$3,000 trillion. <laughs> it's this, you can't even, how do you calculate it? So I wouldn't be surprised if the derivatives market, the global financial derivatives market, which is way larger than the real economic market, cars and trucks, goods and services, little widgets, TV sets, ink pens, tennis shoes, whatever it might be, the derivatives market, which dwarfs the, the real plastic and leather economy, I wouldn't be surprised if it's so large that supercomputers, the technology is actually having a hard time keeping track of that market. And the amount of energy and resources and hardware, the computer system and the cloud, the memory, storing all that data that just keeps growing and growing, it, it might be at a point where it's unmanageable and it's outperforming actual supercomputers and their ability to keep track. I'm not saying that's what the case is, but I think that would be a, a good premise or a good theory of possibly what's happening. So an actual reset is necessary. I mean, a complete reset of the global financial system that would affect probably every man, woman, and child. For sure, major effects, first, second world nations, but probably even uh, remote villages, and small townships throughout the world would feel this reset. So probably the think tanks, the powers to be, or the upper echelon of society, when you have uh, meetings in Davos, Switzerland, the, these private meetings under high security, they're probably already have in mind what the governance and the power structure and the financial banking structure is going to look like after this reset. So you, you probably won't have sovereign nations anymore, but you'll have the control, the decision-making, literally in a handful of unelected intellectual uh, bureaucrat types. Most likely, if you look at the last two to two and a half years, so we know what global situation has there been the last two, almost two and a half years. I, I don't like saying the, the words or discussing in detail. That, that would be a whole other podcast, but we know what it is. So last two plus years, how have governments, and agencies, society, uh, community, as a composite, how have they behaved the, the last two plus years? How has it affected traveling, vacations, business, social activities, uh, restaurants, movies, concerts, sporting events? Employment, attending classes, national, international traveling, whether it's aircraft, boat, 
automobile, truck, rail, rail, railroad, whatever. So this gives you a clue, depending on what region you are, northern, southern hemisphere. This will give you a clue after the reset what the new global governance is going to look like. So they already showed their hand on how they will deal with you and I, the global citizenry. Do you like that picture? Last two plus years, how it was handled? Did, did it affect you any? I know it affected me. Traveling, business, social events. It affected me greatly. I mean, I was in an area that probably had the least amount of restrictions on the planet, literally, but still was affected. You think anyone maybe lost their jobs or weren't able to participate in sports or maybe enroll in school or became depressed or suicidal? Do you think it put strain on relationships? I'm sure all that came into play. So this reset will probably be 100-fold more intensified than the last two and a half years. So whatever the treatment that you've experienced, picture it intensifying 100-fold. Would that be something you, you're acceptable with or could function or tolerate? I don't know. That's individual. Just asking questions. It's an individual question each, of, each and every one of us will probably have to consider. So I think when you have these meetings, for example, in Davos and these prominent figureheads that maybe get a lot of news coverage or there's clips or videos, the indication to me is that they're pretty confident they already know how this is going to play out and that they're going to have a prominent role. So there's no need to hide behind the curtain or be cloaked or camouflaged, I think they're out in the open because they know there's nothing stopping this reset and there's zero resistance. So you can imagine what it's going to be like after this reset when they are able to amplify their intent, their actions by a hundredfold. So there's couple options. The majority of mankind will just go with the flow. So they will roll over and whatever is proposed and enforced globally, they'll go along with it. So that's always been the case. 7,000 plus year recorded history had the majority of mankind that just rolls over. And there's no resistance. If, if, there, if you want to use terms like tyranny or oppression, serfdom, uh, that They'll just go along with it. It's always been the case. The handful that don't, usually 3% or less, less than 1%, how will they function? How will the very few function? If you try to get out of the way of this out-of-control locomotive or this huge avalanche coming down a mountainside. How do you get out of the way? Well, that's very interesting. With technologies, as advanced as they are, 
would it be hard to get out of the way or become invisible? Can you keep to yourself your own homestead and try to live out the rest of your life with your daily activities as a, as a conscious, theoretically sovereign, free will individual? That could be a whole other discussion if that's even possible. But could you mind your own business, so to speak, and have your own homestead be left alone? Maybe not. The way the technology is designed and what the plans are on white papers that were released and discussions that were either available to the public or recorded to where the public could, could have access to it, they're not indicating that you'd be left alone, even if you had your own homestead and kind of lived off the grid. So they, they want 100% control and zero freedoms or realities. They don't want any realities other than the reality that they're in control of. So that to me is very disturbing, uneasy. But again, the majority will accept that, which I myself don't understand why so many act and behave that way. Kind of, to me, it seems kind of cowardice or they miss the whole essence of what it means to be human. Or maybe, see, lately, I think. Last two, two, two and a half years, it's exposed humanity, what I've always suspected, even as a young child growing up. I suspected it, but could not prove it. But the last two plus years has proven it's out in the open. It's not hidden anymore. I don't know if the majority of mankind would deserve to be defined classically as human. You could say from a biological standpoint, well, yeah, they're human. They have two legs, two arms, two eyes, two ears, nose. They walk upright. They they can communicate. They eat and drink. They, they seem human to me. Well, that's the, the biology, the physical part of it, which to me is only half of what it means to be human. What about the spiritual or conscious part of a human. So to me, the, the human, the body, the human functioning, that might be the hardware. What about the software? I had always suspected that the majority of mankind are not complete humans. They physically look human, but they have not developed the conscious and spiritual side. And the last two and a half years shows What's the percentage or number of people that have not developed the software? The other half of what it means to be a human. That's what's disturbing. The number is off the chart. Very disappointing. Personally, when I look at it. Extremely disappointing. Then you can connect the dots and go, oh. That would explain a lot of history. You know, how, how much of the history is accurate? Probably very little. But whatever history we do have access to or our own observations uh, during our lifetime that we've been on, that would explain why 
you have governments or institutions, corporations, academia, medical, uh, religious, that would explain how they have so much control and dominance over mankind. Because they're dominating a large segment, the majority of the population that are just biologically physical humans, but they've never developed the other half, which is, the, to me, the most important, the spiritual or conscious side. I think if you're an individual that's developed both, the physical aspect of what it means to be a human, the, the hardware and the software, the spiritual and conscious, then you realize, man, we're outnumbered. We're an extreme minority. The reality that we have, the way we think, and the spiritual aspect, we're far and few between. And that's correct. So to me, that's it's very lonely, but it's also frightening. It's like, man, the number of humans that get it, what life's all about, what we're supposed to be doing in human form, this experience on this blue ball spinning through the solar system within the galaxy, and this is one of many billions of galaxies, and it just goes on and on, to have missed the whole purpose of what it means to be alive uh, on this journey, to me, is staggering. Well, I can't spend too much time, and I'm sure you don't either, worrying about other people. That's that's a probably a waste of time and energy. It's not wise or prudent. So if you focus on yourself, which to me has always been the key, worrying about your own self, then the question is, how much time do we have left before the majority and before these elites the ones that are orchestrating and coordinating this, this reset force their agenda. So then that would maybe uh, violate your independence and your free will. I think that they'll have to answer to that at a non-human level. But if that happens and there's not much time left, then how far have we progressed up to this point? How are we going to use our time and energy and what time we have left? And then we'll see what happens after possibly we're no longer experiencing the human experience. Maybe it was uh, cut short at the hands of legislation, military, judicial side of society, and we're no longer here. Then are we setting the stage now as far as future consciousness and future experiences. I would tend to believe that we're, what we do now, what we've done since birth, that we're forming a vector, a direction as far as where life and consciousness or awareness the essence of who we are beyond the physical body that we're setting up now our behavior and decisions, our conduct, our performance, our life performance 
will determine what kind of future we have after death in the human form. And that's where the big picture is. And I think a lot of people who are trapped in the physical only, they've only developed the physical, what I call the plastic and leather side, they're going to be sorely disappointed because they have not arranged a vector, a future direction or slot or category that they will experience after death. I'm just the opposite. I'm less concerned about right now in the physical aspect of what's going on. I'm more interested in what happens after death. And then a reboot, a, there's a lot of terms you can use, a, a resurrection or a reconfiguration or the next life whatever term that you want to use, what's that going to be? And I always thought, even as a young child, what I'm doing now, my thinking process, how I'm orientating my life will determine what happens after I'm no longer here as a human. So I've concentrated on that more than just the physical, where I'm going to live, what I'm going to do for a career, how much money and how many things I can acquire that was never of much interest to me. So I wanted to throw that out there. It looks like the pundits, the powers to be, and the various institutions, those at higher levels, if you hear the chatter, interviews, body language, statements made, discussions that they have, that a lot's going to happen even this year, the second half of 2022. And then 2023 to 2024 is completely baked in the cake. There is uh, no discussion of the public. There'll be no slowing down or changing the goals and plans that they've had probably established since the 70s. A whole separate conversation and video will show the crucial year of 1971. 1971. Think of who was alive back in 1971 and were they at their peak? Doesn't matter if you were alive back in 1971, but you can have access to the internet and information. Who was in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s in 1971? Who was involved in government, banking, major corporations in 1971? Now, a lot of those individuals might be in their 90s today. But can you think of who might fit in that category around the world? So what did they have planned and initiated in 1971? And now, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, we're seeing the final stages of the completion of what they planned and greenlit in 1971. 
just some things to consider. Well, it's a short one. Uh, been super busy myself. Uh, my time is limited. I have certain strategies where I'm trying to prepare for the rest of this year and the following year. Whether I'll be successful, I don't know, but at least I'm giving it a try. So my spare time is extremely limited. And I've restructured time management priorities. And because of the time management, my priorities, I definitely have less and less of a presence on videos and interviews, social media to a certain extent, a couple platforms that I'm on. But when you don't hear from me or you hear less and less from me, you can know and figure I'm extremely busy on the other end preparing for what is coming, taking a strategic defensive position, and we'll see how it goes. Take care.